Every time I try to fly, I fall without my wing. I feel so small. I guess I need you, baby. Every time I see you in my dreams, I see your face. It's haunting me. I guess I need you, baby. This week we're talking about Britney Spears' studio album in the zone. That's beautiful. <laughs> Welcome to the Essential Albums Podcast, where three guys from 85 have a conversation about some of the biggest albums ever and forgotten favorites from yesteryear. We'll dig into an album's place and culture, discuss its merits, and decide if the record holds up and is worth your time. Of course, we get into a lot more than that, so join longtime friends Ryan, Anise, and myself, Gordon, as we dive into our favorite albums and relive some of the classics. All right, so yeah, Britney Spears kicking it off. I liked, uh, I like what you did there, Anise. Nice, Thanks. nice cover work. I've been singing uh, it all week in the shower, so. Thought it. <laughs> okay, wait, wait. What what song was it? Was that uh, ever? Every oh, time. Every time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Interesting choice. Classic. I was hoping for a touch of my hand, but I realized you probably don't want to start with that. <laughs> that would have been a good one, too. Jokes. Yeah, so this is an album that uh, NPR has listed as uh, what the, one of the 50 most important recordings of the decade. Um, so I guess this would mean up the 2000s. Uh, so why are we talking about this week? I don't know who picked this album or how did it end up on our list? I'm pretty I sure. guess I... <laughs> You I, I, sort of, I don't know. I just wanted to. Uh, I felt like we should talk about Britney Spears. She seems really important, and I, I don't know. I picked this album because it seemed like a turning point in at least my relationship with Britney Spears, I guess. Or and I feel like maybe even culturally with Britney Spears at this time, it seemed like there was sort of a. I guess her fans became older, and like everything was sort of transitioning for her between like her previous album Britney and this one. It's almost like she was trying to reinvent herself from her previous younger years and yeah, yeah. like this like and at this point too uh we were in the clubs so we were hearing some of these songs in the clubs so it was unavoidable at that point mm-hmm. but uh yeah so that was my thought process at least that makes sense that makes sense to me like um well i guess this kind of gets right to the first qu- question about our relationship because it re- toxic really changed my view of britney spears or my relationship with Britney Spears, and so I think that's probably probably what I I don't know how you guys feel about it. Actually, changed my relationship I have, with. I also want to I also want to include that we had had this on the schedule to talk about way before all this news had broke. Oh sleep. yeah, this is not <laughs> us. I mean, it's convenient. Yeah, we're not. I know we're we're kind of like as if this is happening, but all right. But yeah, yeah no, it's a good thing. It's all good though. But, well, uh, you know, it's not all good. Like she should definitely well, no, 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 be set no, free. But, you know. It's no, not, no, I'm just it's saying it's good that it's to light and actually being addressed for, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we can talk about that, yeah, a little bit more. Yeah, she's um, too, too old there. for that shit. She, she doesn't deserve to be, like, you know, she's done too much work. It's not, it's not fair. Yeah. Not yeah. Fair. Um, so, and yeah, her I guess... parents, her parents, too? Sorry, keep, keep going. Keep going. Yeah, no, no, I just wanted to ask, uh, <laughs> yeah, Ryan, what's, you, you started answering the question, what's your relationship to uh, Britney Spears? Well, I mean, like, I always thought of her as just, like, girl side of like the backstreet boys <laughs> like just like the uh bubblegum pop stuff yeah teeny bopper stuff from for for kids and um i just thought like she was well i mean over the years you know you hear the stories and i kind of like she's like almost like our generation's michael jackson in a way so i you know hashtag free britney 
like let's let's make it happen guys anyway um yeah i don't know like but toxic was a turning point for the way i view music or view like i i was like wow i can appreciate a lot of things in this production in this songwriting in the in this this work of art even if i'm not re like really in tune to to this genre of music and before then i was just kind of like i don't know shoving things out of my view that i that i weren't like you know that didn't fit into a genre too much like ah no i would write things off easily but after actually after the song it was like oh okay i i started to listen to more pop songs differently you know yeah, because it seemed at this point too, like for her, it's funny that you say that. It seemed like this is when she was kind of getting older and kind of having more control. So she wanted to bring in sort of the stuff she was listening to and like the stuff that was going on in the club. So it wasn't just like the bubblegum pop that she was kind of known for up until that point, I guess. Well, I guess I'm a slave for you and stuff is already starting that transition. But for like this, these are like club songs. Like Toxic is like a club song, whereas you're not really going to hear Oops, I Did. Well, you probably would hear Oops, I Did It Again in a club. But it's it's not made for that whereas like toxic is definitely just like a, a club track or yeah there's a whole bunch of different influence you hear hip-hop influence on this you hear just a whole bunch of stuff yeah yeah what about mm -hmm. you gordon what's your um, relationship uh for me it's always been i would say extremely casual um kind of at best i watched i mean she was all her music videos were, were kind of everywhere at the time when I was watching music videos. So you're guaranteed to see at least one music Britney Spears, one music video by Britney Spears an hour uh, when you're watching much music. So I've seen like pretty much up until, I want to say up until probably about 2003 is I've seen, I, I, I want to say every single Britney Spears album because it was just, it was on. Um, and then after this, I remember Toxic in that video and then maybe like every time uh, with Stephen Dorff and all that. But then over time, like I kind of stopped paying attention to it because like I got more, like in college you don't have tv you don't have much music so you get more specific in your music taste and stuff like that so then i kind of got further taken away from the britney spears uh path and it i got shifted more into where it's like indie rock and, and college years and stuff but like you would often just hear like the songs at the club instead or on the radio so uh, like give me more womanizer those are the ones i recognize more uh, maybe just by the catchiness or the beats um but that's how my my relationship changed from i would say 2003 i think this album kind of marks me moving away from, I would say, being caught up with Britney in a weird way. Yeah, because even, because uh, I had a younger sister too. So like growing up, I just heard it in the house. So even if I didn't want to listen to it, it was it was there. And it, it just wasn't my, I don't know, it wasn't music that was sort of made for us, I guess. I just De wasn't really. Definitely not, definitely not. Yeah, and it's not like I really like had anything against it. I just didn't listen to it. Because yeah, that was, her, especially like her early stuff was when we were watching much music and as we talked about in like previous episodes, that was more about like the Weezer and Smashing Pumpkins. That was sort of kind of ignoring all the pop stuff. Cause yeah, you had your, in between all that stuff, you had your Britney Spears and your Backstreet Boys and Sync, Christina Aguilera. All that stuff was sort of like, just kind of background noise to me that got a little elevated cause I was surrounded by sisters and female cousins. So <laughs> I kind of yeah. understood the leap of it all, but I just wasn't in it. Yeah, her career spans like that time period where much music and energy 108 dare i say was really important yeah. uh yep. and, and spans that crossing over the whole napster thing and then here we are in spotify land and she's still going so yep. like obviously everybody's gonna know at first yeah what her career is and oh. then you know lo and behold 
Gordon starts finding indie rock on the radio and he stops following Britney Spears. <laughs> That's well, it. Because she, she's sort of like, like uh, cause at this point she's like an icon for music. She's been around for like almost 30 years at this point, 20, 30 years. But, uh, but uh, like we were talking last week with Drake, she's sort of like whenever an album comes out, she'll get that initial pop with the first single and then her music just sort of works itself into the Britney Spears lexicon and just exists in her world of all of her, you know, big singles. Like she's just so full of singles. Yeah. Yeah, singles. Yeah, yeah cuz I'm just I'm just looking over her singles list now and I like based on how I was paying attention, it seemed like like early on like those first two albums were extremely massive. Yeah. So like every song that like a single it was it was big when it came out. And like in my college years it felt like she kind of went lukewarm, but in reality she's still producing stuff probably maybe a slightly slower rate cuz I think there's a kind of a four-year gap in between albums, but like She's still pretty consistent with singles. Well, it's just a huge drop off because like her first two albums, they outsold like, I think Britney almost twofold, right? And then yeah. this album saw a drop off a bit more. It was just her, you know, her audience was aging, but she still had that core. It was still huge. She still was moving a lot of units. It's just the insanity like the that she had kind of came out the gate with. It just seemed less, but I don't know. It seems like whenever she releases something, it's still always like paid attention to. And it's always, like I have some workout playlists I play and you'll hear of like her songs always kind of pop on and just part of, you know, part of all types of music now, pop music, dance music, everything. Uh, yeah, right. So yeah, that's like the, the, her club influence probably. That's how it ends up on your, your workout. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, so um, Ryan, do you remember what your first experience was with this album or was it like the oh. toxic, like how that, that your yeah. first memory of Britney Spears or or specifically this album? Well, it was toxic. I'm just trying to remember if it was the video or the, <laughs> the song itself. Either way, both great. Um, yeah, who knows? They're so intertwined with, with a pop artist that's that big. It's like the videos everywhere. So it's, yeah. it's hard to separate them. Especially that era. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Did you guys like hear? I didn't, other than that song and like, I, I think there's a couple others singles that i maybe heard like I, I was really unfamiliar with this before we got started well it was well for me my first I'll, I'll jump on from there like my first experience was like me against the music with madonna like it was like a huge oh, yeah. her and madonna were working together even though yeah it was like a pretty loose collaboration yeah but, yeah <laughs> but uh yeah and I, I don't know what came first was that because when when did this album come out exactly in 2013 was that mtv performance before or after yeah, it was before. So the MTV was yeah. uh, August 27th, and this album dropped in November. Yeah, because I just remember that whole MTV performance with, you know, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, then Madonna came out, then Missy Elliott came out, and then it was a huge deal because Madonna kissed Britney and then Chris Christina. I just remember that whole moment. And then right after that, they released a single, and it was Britney Spears and Madonna together, and then they were in the video, they were going in for the kiss, and she would just, they were just playing it up. like. Oh, insane. my gosh. I know, and it's like, this is like a 21-year-old girl, 22, whatever. For, for our <laughs> listeners, I'm burying my... This is somebody in their mid-40s, probably. I don't even know how old <laughs> I know, it's just so, like, a such a... Like, that goes to show you how weird the 90s was. Or, I guess it was the 2000s at that point, but just how weird it was, like, 20 years ago. And not, well, just, not just how weird, like, how terrible is what they did to this girl. Come on, yeah. we already saw what happened to MJ. Like, yeah. don't treat, treat her like a human being. Not yeah. a prop, goddammit. And honestly, to, after listen, like while I was listening to this album, I'm like, 
she's kind of just a prop for this army of producers and writers. Oh, no, she was, uh, she, at this point, I don't know, like, I haven't thought, but from reading about it, it seemed like she was pretty hands-on with the producers she picked and worked with and stuff. Because okay. there's, there's, like, a list of people she met with and they didn't really even jive, and they're even, like, some of the bigger producers, like the Neptunes and Daft Punk and stuff, and she didn't end up. Oh, okay, interesting. So, yeah, so, I mean, I, I yeah. I who knows what to believe, right? Do I really believe the internet? Okay, you know what, I, honestly, that what it sounded a bit like, okay, it reminded me of a producer in town that will remain nameless. Uh, like, it reminded me of the work he does sometimes is just like, he just, he's good at making songs, but he's not really good at like drawing the artist's strengths out. And sometimes I feel like Britney is just like on top of a, a track and the track's like really overproduced. It's really like in your face to get your attention and almost to cover up like la luck lackluster vocal melodies a little bit and it's like there's not really a hook but like the track's so aggressive okay so i just want like yeah, well, yeah, a lot of, yeah a lot of these songs are produced by like the big like the matrix and uh i forget the other people's name but they're usually like big production companies but it seemed like she was sort of hands-on at least on a handful of tracks she has like songwriting credits mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like there's stories like you read and it's like wow she like was writing with james murphy from like lcd sound system at one point and it's like wow she actually like reached out like pretty far like preparing for this album it's crazy like what it could have been like imagine how like james murphy daft punk and the neptunes it seems like she should have and I, I believe she met with timbaland too so it was like those were all sort of like the biggest people at the time i would have kind of been interested to hear the album with those pe people producing it especially yeah. like Especially like when you hear a song like um, like the one with the Yin Yang Twins, where it's like that kind of sounds a bit like a Timbaland beat. <laughs> what song is that? Is that on this album? The uh, track two. Oh, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. So basically, yeah, I did look um, for for yeah, it's the internet, so who knows? But a lot of this stuff does look like it checks out. Um, but basically, yeah, while she was touring in Europe, she she did meet with a couple producers, like she met with William Orbit and Daft Punk uh, for possible collaboration. Um, she did meet with Timberland and Missy Elliott. Uh, they did some work. I, I think she worked with Missy Elliott, but none of the stuff worked out or whatever. So it was all kind of bench. No, no, nobody will ever see the daylight of that material, I guess. And then she did work with James Murphy, but they were just kind of writing together and trying to come up with ideas, but none of it actually came yeah. to fruition. Um, so another, it's interesting. Oh, and then this is right around the time too, where um, uh, Limp Bizkit, she worked with uh, Fred Durst. And they yeah, produced it, and there was a little bit of a backlash with that. So everything Jive uh, Records just shelved everything, according to Durst. So who knows how much of that's true? But um, it's, it's I, just, like, Moby did produce a track on this album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just odd. Like when I first listened to the album earlier this week, and especially those first two tracks, like Me Against the Music, and I got that boom, boom. Well, Me Against the Music, you're like, wow, this sounds like Timbaland. And you look it up, and it's like, oh, it's not Timbaland. And then you hear, I got that boom, boom. You're like, well, this kind of sounds like Lil John. And it's not Lil John, and you're like, oh, okay, like, why didn't she work with those people? Like, they seem like they were bigger at the time. It's just maybe they didn't gel or whatever. But... Maybe, maybe they those producers were like, hey, why don't you do something a little more, more interesting in the verse in your vocal melody? And she was like, no, get me a new producer. I don't maybe, know. <laughs> maybe she just didn't want to sound like everything else on the radio. That's another possibility. But it kind of. Well, she accomplished that. But you know what I, I mean? More as like she didn't just want to work with all the heavy hitters at the time. Yeah. And I, I think another thing, I think the other thing to consider with this too is like, 
uh, yeah, Britney Spears probably had some say, but at the same time, like her label, she's like a multi-million dollar like enterprise at that point. Like her yeah. first two albums sold went diamond over diamond for both of them. So yeah, like probably, there's a lot more behind it. Yeah, she yeah. probably couldn't stray too much from like um uh, like her pretty much her radio pop. Yeah, for sure. And like let's be honest, thinking I don't know how much you've heard about what her living situation's been like. Like she's essentially been worked to death. Not really, but she <laughs> but is, it's like slave I labor. This is all before all that, though. This is all before, I believe this Conservatorship. is Conservatorship. That's true, it's true, it's true. But, like, you got to imagine where all this comes from. Like, maybe this was just yeah. an added... Maybe they were just, like, controlling her from the get-go. You I, know I, I don't mean? know. When you, when you read about this album, like, she was supposed to take a break before she started, like, after her tour to work on it, but she chose not to. Like, she went right yeah. in. So mm-hmm. it was scheduled for her to have a break, but she just wanted to get right into it. I guess she was there's other stuff going on in her life. Like she broke up with Justin Timberlake and blah, 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 blah. Right. I don't yeah. know. From what I read with this album, it seemed like she was still sort of not as, because it's, it's all when her father kind of came into the picture where, and that whole, the 2006, was, was that the year when she kind of had her? her oh, birthday? like 07, yeah, 07. <laughs> right. So it seemed like it was after that where this all started happening. So I, I, I don't know. But I'm sure she was overworked like any pop star probably is, especially not as big as Britney Spears. But it seemed like at this point she still had some sort of control at least. Yeah, because this is the album in between where she kind of has a big break where she releases this one November 18, 2003. And then she doesn't release another album for almost four years on October 30, 2007 with Blackout. Right. Um, so, so she did take a big break. Uh, this is the first album post JT breakup. So maybe there's some things she wanted to get off her chest with yeah. that. Like, I did go back and rewatch Framing Britney Spears this week as kind of a refresher and just seeing like the questions she was asked and how they treated her in regards to like, I mean, Britney or sorry, they treat Justin Timberlake like he's like uh, the America's sweetheart. And then she's like, how could you cheat on him? And like reducing her to tears. It's like, like, mind your fucking business. It's like so crazy to think like, Especially like with, before we got on, Ryan was asking like her age. It's like, yeah, she's like so freaking young. Like it's so crazy that you'd ask people these questions. Oh, it's, it's our, like, it's your business. I know, kidding, but it's the modern day aristocrats. You know, we, you know, we want to know what the royalties up to. At least some of us. I don't. I don't give a shit. <laughs> but, yeah. me, it's just like let them like let an artist be an artist. Let her work and release music, and it, you should interpret what's going on in her life from her arts. If you can't do that, then maybe you're not listening hard enough, or maybe that's not what she wants to express. Well, you know, it's really, it, maybe it's none of your business. Maybe you don't have yeah. a right to interpret her life. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, I don't think this is necessarily totally honest Britney here. I mean, these are my notes, by the way. Uh, like, I don't know about you guys, but I didn't feel like I was connecting to an honest person, like an artist. I just felt like, there was a bunch of producers doing different stuff with Britney on, no, no, on the three, tracks. Like, no, I'm not. I'm not like these are all just like a bunch of pop tracks. They're not. I don't think yeah. they're too deep. But I'm just saying, like, usually, like for an artist, you shouldn't ask them questions. They're oh yeah, that's totally. I sort of got off on a tangent, should, but yeah, yeah, you should just sort of understand them from their art and that the whole point and whatever they want to release. Like, if you have an interview, but don't pry into their personal lives. It's just so mm. sort of bizarre. Like, you don't ask like a I don't know. Is someone asking Fred Durst like why did he break stuff? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, probably. Like, probably. Like, what are you so angry about? Or what? I don't know. Like, it's just, 
yeah <laughs> yeah well like that that framing britney spears documentary like you'll even see like when she's being interviewed like they'll just ask her like point blank like we're gonna ask you questions about your breasts are you ready like here it is and it's like See, okay. what the hell like oh my god I remember, that, I remember that too like growing up where when she from like first to second album people were like oh she had breast implants it's like or, i don't know maybe she was like a 15 16 year old girl and now she's like a 18 year old girl i don't know like i remember mm-hmm. that rumor weirdly yeah yeah it was like <laughs> it's like grade seven yeah, right it's just bizarre I don't, yeah. and and just the way she's like treated as well like i mean you got to think back to like um like that rolling stone shoot where she's acting she's dressing like a like a 12 year old or a 10 year old pushing a bicycle with like the things hanging yeah. off the handlebars and like she's supposed to look like the sex icon at the same time too it's like very questionable like especially re-seeing like re when re-watching framing britney spears and i remember when that rolling stone issue came out where she's like posing with the Swiffer and like she's on the cover and all that stuff. And that was a big deal when it came out. But looking back on it now that I'm like mid thirties, it's like, yeah, this is kind of just gross. Like, I mean, I want to know whose generation thought that was a good idea at the time. Like, was that like, come on. It was that whole generation though. Cause like back then it was like Maxim magazine and yeah, it's true. Era where it was like, Oh, on the cover of this, like a whole question, like any, I just remember, like, any female star that became famous is like, oh, is she on Maxim? That was, like, the question. Like, oh, she Definitely. Didn't do- Did Definitely. they do Blender? Like, that rock magazine? Or was that always, was that separate? I have no idea. Okay, because, yeah, I, I thought they were combined, but Blender did rank the Britney Spears, Madonna, Christina Aguilera kiss, uh, like, one of the 25 sexiest moments of all time, like, live <laughs> TV. So, like, like that's, why is that that's a list? Example of the why time. Is that, like, why is that a list? Like what's yeah, that's a dumbass that. ranking. Okay. Is so, that the thing? No one sits around like you know when you're sitting around with your friends and you're like, oh, what's your like name your five favorite songs about this or name your like six favorite movies about this. No one sits around and says, yo, what are your top five favorite sexiest moments? Like <laughs> on live TV. Like that's not a conversation anyone's <laughs> having. It's just like a forced like headline just to make a list, just to revisit these. Like For sure. yeah, and to c- continue to just you know abuse them in a way i mean she was too young to really probably and had been used up until that point like to really know what was best i mean that just seems so i don't know uncomfortable makes me uncomfortable yeah so yeah i mean we'll probably talk about more more about this like after uh we get into the album so i guess we can kind of just jump off here and ask um or get into the album ask some song specific questions uh so this album had i think four singles let me just pull them up here uh, yeah, so it had Me Against the Music, uh, which came out in October, or that's when the video debuted, uh, Toxic, Every Time, and Outrageous. Um, so I guess we could start this by asking, um, what do you think is the biggest song from this album? I think we probably all have the same answer, but I'm interested to hear. Toxic. Toxic. Yeah, come on. Yeah, me too. I, I uh, totally it, was, it was actually making me wonder, because like, even when you look on uh, Spotify, this is like one of her most popular like albums, but then... Toxic is like one of her most streamed songs. I'm like, is that only purely based on Toxic? <laughs> but I'm sure like there's other songs on here too. But it's it, it, that song just seems like it's such a like a powerhouse. It's even like she's even noted it as being her favorite single of her, of her own. So yeah, she does say that. Yeah, yeah I I also found out this was pretty interesting. But uh, that beat was originally offered to Kylie Minogue. I didn't yeah, know. I, that. Yeah, I read that it was originally written with uh, Janet Jackson in mind, and then was offered to Kylie Minogue. 
You know, I think that Britney, Britney's voice does it really well, especially in that pre-chorus when she's singing like super airy, like, na, 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 you know that part? Um, anyway, I can't imagine those other singers quite getting that quite that amount of air. That's the one thing I like about Britney's voice probably the most is that, you know, airy edge like the Deftones or something. Like she's not she's not really riffing like a lot of pop singers, not especially not on this album. I think I noticed two riffs and one was pretty weak. But the airiness is really cool. That's, yeah. that's a nice texture. Yeah, that's where I found she, like, her voice sounded the best is whenever she's doing more of, like, that whole... Some of her songs almost sound like that breezy, like, disco stuff. Yeah. Although yeah. I will note, sometimes when I felt like her melody was, like, pretty boring, she would just throw in a sexy whisper at the end. Like, all right. <laughs> that works. Yeah, I find... I mean, with her voice, I, I like what she does with her voice on this. And even just, like, the little things where she's almost just saying, like, that everybody's toxic or this is toxic, whatever that she goes into the course with, I, I kind of like that part. The only thing that bugs me about Britney's voice, and it makes it so Britney Spears, is just, like, the baby talk kind of sound that her voice has. Like, the, that's one characteristic that I'm always like, you know, it's Britney Spears, but it's, like, she's never really been able to shed it. And the more she leans into it, the more you're like, okay, that's Britney Spears. Like, what do you mean, like, the I'm Britney bitch, that voice? No, no, like, just <laughs> you singing, like, courses and stuff. Like, I mean, just think, like, back to, like, her first, like, her early hits. Like, the way her voice sounds, it's, it's kind of got, like, a weird, like, almost, like, baby talk quality to it. Like, it's, it's I don't know, feel it. I always yeah. think that it's, like, her, like, southernness. Maybe. Because I know, I know they, part, like, like, her voice would be different uh, based on what I read. Like, her natural voice is, like, a little deeper. It's a little more different. But then she kind of, like when her first album when they were recording that there's somebody that like worked with her to like focus her voice in a certain direction and then she just developed that and now that's that's been her voice kind of ever since uh, yeah actually now like thinking about it thinking about how she talks and then thinking about how she sings i could see how she could like artificially almost like step into a character you know to to pull that off mm -hmm. yeah, i could see that. And, and a lot of people like even she's kind of compared it to that like based on what i read earlier this week it sounds like um, like when she's in interviews, she's one way, she may be insecure or whatever, like how, like, like a normal person. But then when she gets on stage, uh, everybody's like, yeah, she's very precise and like, she knows what she wants. And she's like almost a completely different person. Like she has like a totally different, like a sexiness energy. So when people interview her, they're like, where's the sexiness? And she's like, that's just an act. Like, that's what I do on stage. So yeah, yeah she's, she's, that's been mentioned specifically before. Well, yeah. I wouldn't say, it's not just an act though. Like, like it's an, it's an act. Sure. But, but when she's on stage, like focused in her craft, she's going to be in the zone. She's going to be feeling good. Like, mm -hmm. and if you're like caught on a fucking interview where you've been abused your whole life and they're asking you about your breasts, maybe you're not going to be so feeling so good at the interview. Right. You know? So I, it's mm -hmm. not it's not just that yo i'm just i can get into an act it's more like she is being her best self on that stage i, I thought i i this is like i forget where i read it but it was a quoted there's like a quote where it was like talking about it was comparing britney to uh christina aguilera because at this at this time it was both of oh them oh my like, god oh my god no, 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 that no, no, is no, always this, the thing i know but this is about what we're talking about i know but, uh, they're just saying how uh uh, Christina Aguilera, when she like went got older and went to do the sexy thing, it was more like she went sort of trashy with it, with like the whole dirty thing, and she she went more of that vibe. Yeah. Whereas Britney Spears is still that sweet girl that can be sexy. She's more like the girl next door or whatever. But I think that's where the duality comes in when you're when you see her in interviews. She's all like 
that nice like old like southern girl like this you know chatting it up she played on like the basketball team growing up she's one of the boys type thing and uh but then uh when she's on stage she's something something completely different she's like the queen of pop <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah she, she's practiced she's been told that this is what her she's meant to do her whole life like holy crap yeah she's gonna be in the zone when she's on stage it's funny you mentioned that comparison that was all too common back then because uh, my one of my earliest jobs i think it was my third job at a car rental place i walk into the place and I, I had the interview with somebody else, so this is the first time I'm meeting my boss, and the first thing he asked me was like, Britney Spears or Christina Aguilera? And I'm just like, I'm not one of those bros who talks about that shit, so I'm just like super uncomfortable. And what do they have in the washroom? A stack of Maxim. It's like, oh man, I hope no girls work here. Holy shit. Anyway, yeah, fuck. Yeah, Britney, Britney Spears lost to Christina Aguilera for uh, Best New Artist 1999 or 2000. I remember that. Oh, I man. remember that. I remember even being a kid being like, yeah, this is like in the his, like in the future, it's going to be looked at upon like poorly. Like, no, they should have went the other way. <laughs> <laughs> so you think they should have went the other way? So you're Britney. What about you, Gordon? Britney, well, I just Christina. think like, because even when it was like, no, or like, asking the question. Yeah, we got it. So here. Even when it was happening, because like Christina Aguilera had that big voice. There was like other artists that were out at the time that had these big voices, like Jessica Simpson. Jessica Simpson came out shortly after, and like yeah, yeah. and Man Warren. And like there was, it seemed like they were just trying to find the next Britney Spears. But that was the thing; they were trying to find the next Britney Spears because she had something that none of the other ones had. Like Britney's voice, you can it's not as strong as some of those other girls, but there's just something that she has. And part yeah. of it is we're talking about that whole stage persona that whole stage performance that makes her different and stand out that she's yeah. able to she's able to go on stage and be the queen of pop not or the princess whatever you want to call her but she's not she's not imitating yeah well okay actually part of what her strength as a singer is that imitating the the baby voice or whatever voice she trained to have right and i noticed on the album there's the one tune oh i should find the name of it where she kind of like Slips into a bit of a reggae accent. Honestly, it kind of came the hookup. Hookup. Oh yeah, I mean, it honestly came across like a little bit racist, kind of like Jar Jar Binks racist. But <laughs> I guess she says some lines in patois. Okay. All right. Oh really? Yeah. So, but, but I don't know. the fact I've, that she I... can do that is like still a strength, even though I wouldn't recommend it. Like people hire singers to do voice acting because they just have control over the sound of their voice, not just yeah. singing. Have you ever seen? A, I forget her name, but there's a comedian. I, th I think her last name is something. It's like something Vila Senor, and she does like the Britney Spears impression. She does a bunch of impressions, yeah. but she does a she does a Britney Spears impression that's pretty like uh, bang on. As a singer or as a it's purely talker? based? It's purely based on that like baby voice, I guess. Oh, okay, I see. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so I guess we can ask the next question. Uh, what do you guys think is the most overplayed? Uh, I don't know if we'll have the same answer here, but um, Anise, what do you think is the most overplayed? I went with uh, what I opened with every time. I just remember that song just being played over and over and over with that video where she's like, put it with the big sunglasses and what's yeah. the Steven Dorf and it's all in slow motion. And, and, <laughs> I don't know. I just it seemed like it was very overplayed at the time. But like every, every Britney Spears song was overplayed back then. But it just seemed like that one kind of got more grade, grading than 
than some of the other ones that she was releasing. Because generally her slower tracks, I, I I never minded. Even this one isn't that bad, but it just it's got bad. it. It's that bad. Don't just even, got to defend that piece of shit. Anyway, <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. I'm more, of a, what's that? I'm more of a sometimes. I'm more of a fan of that one. But uh, <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. But like, man, the song is just so cheesy, and it's just like. As soon, as soon as it shows up, it's like, oh, okay, this makes sense, just in time. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I, It's just... And it was supposed to, like, the whole rumor back then, and I don't know, I read conflicting things online where it was a response to Crimea River. Yeah. Yeah, I read that too. Yeah, I guess that's that's true. I mean, she said this, the song, it is what it is. You can read into it however you want, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, that song has kind of taken on like a, a new meaning. Um, I mean, yeah, I agree. It was really I know where you're going with this. <laughs> it's taken on new meaning over the last few years because of a little movie called Spring Breakers. <laughs> it's, it's such a cheesy song, but in the movie, they just, it's like a scene that they just play this song, they start covering it, and then the song fades in. I don't know if you've seen this movie before, Ryan, or not. No. Um, but basically, yeah, so basically they're just kind of fool, like fooling around. Like, it's a really kind of crazy outlandish movie, but they're, the scene starts where, like, James Franco's, like, playing on the keyboard, and then they, like, they're, like, this song's uh, by Miss Britney Spears, and then, like, they all kind of start singing it. And then it intercuts, like, it, the actual Britney Spears song comes in, and they're, like, committing all these robberies in slow motion. So you see them, like, having fun doing all the stuff to Britney's to the Britney Spears song, but all these people are getting like pistol whipped and robbed. And so it's a really crazy juxtaposition. So it's one of those great, um, like I'll just throw it on every once in a while, like just like for four minutes of something to laugh at. Cause I think it's just like, it's just hilarious. So the song kind of took on a new meaning for me over the last right. few years. Yeah, um, but, uh, it's good because of that movie though. And, but that's also a, a movie where it's, um, you want to talk about sexualizing young women <laughs> for sure yeah they, yeah they're sexualizing all the the, the young pop stars of the, of yeah. the time and even the directors in harmony corinne have like a bunch of uh allegations or something People i don't know yeah he's, he's yeah i guess he's he could be pretty questionable with like yeah. some of the stuff he's done in the past yeah. um but yeah so yeah that seems pretty funny so i like that um, and then uh, I read like for the music video, it was directed by David LaChapelle. So he's known, he's a photographer, but he's known for kind of pushing the boundaries. And they originally were going to have it as um, like a suicide attempt and somebody comes in on and finds her, but they kind of changed it up. So it's more of like, I, I didn't watch the video, but it's more like an accidental drug overdose, if I remember correctly. She falls asleep in the club or something. Yeah, she, she wakes up. I think she falls asleep, but then she wakes up at the end. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little bit different, but I mean, I, I think it, that video was more of the time where she like in her persona, like her, her celebrity was very much maligned. So it was, it just kind of builds off of that. Isn't there like a sequel or there was a sequel? Cause isn't there like another video of hers with Steven Dorff in it? I don't know. I, that's the only one I remember. It just reminded me of when you messaged me about it, I was like, oh, I remember like sometimes or somewhere the movie and I'm like, is he playing? The, I think he plays the same character. I remember they look really similar, Yeah, but um, for me, I put the uh, um, the Madonna as the most overplayed because I don't know. I mean, I remember hearing hearing it now, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm waiting. Like, it's on the on the album twice. Like, I guess there's a remix, but I'm like, I'm over the song. Like, I listen to it once, and then when you get to it at the end, you're like, okay, this one's got like a Middle Eastern flavor on. It's a little bit different, but I'm still like, yeah. I've heard it a bunch. It's just sort of weird too, because like you'd think like Madonna and Britney Spears like getting together for a song would be more of a collaboration, but no, the song was just. <laughs> The song was finished, and then they sent it to Madonna, and then she added to it. I think, didn't she just sing, doesn't she just, like, sing in unison with her? Like, there's nothing, there's not, yeah, like, well, a Madonna verse. A, and even, like, her verse at the end is, well, like, yeah, like, it's super, 
Like it's super cheesy. It, like to me, it just sounds clunky and cheesy. The way she's yeah. like, "Be sexy, lady." Like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> now, I know it's just so. It's, I don't know. I agree with you, Gordon. Having that on the album twice kind of makes it overplayed. But I will say, like having it at the end of the album, it feels that remix version especially like feels like the end credits it feels like perfect end credits because they had like this dramatic thing and then the end scene and then credits come up and the pump and music comes that up, was you know? also a thing because that, this is the point like what we were talking about earlier in like earlier episodes about like daft punk and chemical brothers this is when like house music was becoming more prominent so the the end mm-hmm. of a lot of albums at this time had a bunch of like dance remixes or club remixes it seemed like it was sort of Oh yeah, a lot of thing for a lot of the pop artists, or they'll have a deluxe edition with like dance remix or something. So, yeah, it's probably yeah. part of that too because she wanted this to be a club album. So, yeah. Did you guys know? Sorry to get, go back to every time. I just noticed this in my notes. The guy who produced it did a bunch of stuff on uh, Bjork's album, the one that we covered, Vespertine. You, you guys know that? Okay. No idea. Yeah, Guy Sigsworth. Yeah, he did, like, I guess some of the keyboard parts, and he produced, like, Sun in My Mouth, and with, like, Hidden Plays. Yeah, yeah, I'm just looking. It looks like he's done, yeah, work with Bjork, Frau Frau, Imaging Heap. He's done uh, a bunch, of yeah, a whole, whole ton, a ton of stuff, but I would yeah, just Because yeah, it seemed like what, what we were saying earlier, like, she was just trying to meet with a bunch of producers, as much of producers that she thought were interesting as possible to see who she would gel with. Sure. Yeah. As yeah. I was so, yeah. I think this was like an album too where she was like instead of she wanted to pick to the producers and the direction to go with it. Um so this was kind of like marked a direction change in that. Like I guess she's taking more independence in like the behind the scenes and stuff like that, not just uh I guess her live show. That was a big thing that she was thought was important. Yeah. Uh, she's credited as a writer, I think, on like every song except for R. Kelly's. Yeah. Pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be working with R. Kelly either, not too closely, especially when you're a young girl. Oh, God. We can only... Uh, it, it, no. How did you guys feel about listening to that song? That, that's okay. So that's Outrageous? It sounds a lot like another song that he has called Snake. Yeah. He kind of had a bunch of stuff coming out. But that song I found the most annoying. Like, I actually put it as the song... Like, as much as, like... I don't really listen to this album, but I put it as a song I'd skip because it just gets annoying. Like that outrageous, no, 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 no. Does that over and over and over yeah. again? And that, shut up. Plus, like, just the context of it being R. Kelly now, you're like, just shut up. <laughs> yeah, and he's got that that woo, that particular like yeah, whatever the frick that stupid melody is that he always does. And I can even hear it that he, he wrote it into the melody for Britney. So you even hear Britney doing some of R. Kelly's vocal tendencies. It's like, ah! Yeah. Ah, I can tell you didn't have anything to do with this. But, yeah. It was the uh, same uh, same year he dropped Ignition. Oh, wow. Man. Yeah. <laughs> how, I was glad how, that was a big R. Kelly year. How me. many years till the P? <laughs> Where are we in relation to the peak? Might have already happened. <laughs> it's an ongoing issue. Yeah. Oh, um, my God. I guess with that, Ryan, is there a song that you skip on this one? Well, I only listened to it once, so no. <laughs> but uh, would I? Yes, I would. I would skip a lot of it. I, I don't just there's, there's a there's maybe three or four s- songs that I felt that the same combination of producers like 
wrote a really good song with Britney. She's on there too as a writing credit. But like, it was weird, like being able to predict it. I was like, oh, this song's pretty good. I bet you it's the same producers as Toxic. And yeah, I would go look it up and I'm like, yeah, it's, it's but um, I don't know. What would I skip? I would skip the first track. I don't even like the opening track. I would mm -hmm. boom boom feels like it's trying too hard. Like there's a whole bunch of them I would skip. Yeah, that's the most like of this album. That's the most. I, I think those two first tracks are probably the most dated sounding to me because they sound most of the era. Because and that's probably why like the first track was a single, obviously, and then the second track it has the Yin Yang Twins and just it featuring the Yin Yang Twins in general makes it dated. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I would probably skip Touch of My Hand because it's not appropriate. It's just actually. Man, it was weird, like, listening to that, because I didn't know what it was about. I think I remember hearing about this song way back in the day, but I didn't realize what it was about. I, didn't, I was just listening to the album. I didn't check the song name yet. And I was like, oh, this sounds, like, really immature. Like, what the hell are these lyrics? What the hell? I'm like, oh, it's pretty slick, uh, the production. Okay, it's pretty good. Um, and then I went, once I get to it, I'm like, oh, this is why it's so immature. Oh, oh, this is what it's about. Like as a like, song, okay. as a song, no, I enjoyed it's it. Not it kinda, for me. It kind of gave me like that, like that '90s kind of trip hoppy electro trancey yeah. sort of sound. Like I, I don't know, I like the track. Yeah, it was one as, of the ones I picked out as a favorite. For sure, and as a young developing girl, like you could really feel like you could relate to someone who else is exploring. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah. But it, yeah, so I guess the one piece of trivia, I, well, when I first heard the song, I, I instantly started thinking of like Me and My Hand by Broken Social Scene. <laughs> but no, uh, there's a piece of trivia that I read about this. Apparently that was the first song that was recorded for this album. And that's the one that set the tone for like the rest of the songs on this album. So I thought that was kind of an interesting, uh, interesting tidbit. Um, and then I guess, yeah, she's what, like 21 at the time. So, I mean, she's always... I guess her writers or her, she's trying to push the boundary of like, you know, not quite a girl, not yet a woman. But I, I, but I, she's like, there. I liked on like on that track and on uh, Breathe On Me, I just, I just liked like her voice, just yeah. the way she sings like that breezy sound in her voice. Yeah. I thought uh, Breathe On Me was kind of had like a Kylie Minogue sort of sound to it. That was yeah. one of my favorite I tracks. I guess share songwriters, but yeah, that was a, that was a good track. Oh, man. For me, that's like, that's my pandemic jam. Once I get my uh, the second dose, just breathe on me and I'll just play that song. <laughs> it has new meaning to me. So I, I put it as my underrated. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a it's a it's a great one. It's a great like um like chill moment on the album. I like up until that point it's pretty hard hitting. And then you finally get like just like a chill. Like it's just designed to relax you as opposed to get you up on the dance floor or whatever. Yeah, much needed. I guess I'm old. Well, I thought it kind of had that sort of like uh, Donna Summer sort of like 70s disco vibe to it still. Yeah, though. yeah, that yeah. Vibe. Yeah, it was like just more like the soundscape that made it chill. Yeah, yeah. Really, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I had that as my underrated. I, I like that song. Um, just a random question though: Do you guys think the first half of this album album is more solid than the second half? Even though Toxic is, I guess you can count it on the second half of it. It's pretty spread out. I mean, from just well, toxic would be on the first half. So yeah, toxic. It would it would end at toxic, and then you'd have like outrageous touch of my hand. No, you're, yeah, you're know. you're correct. Yeah, the first the first half has probably got my favorite songs are on the first half. I mean, yeah, same. I know I didn't even look at it like that, but I guess yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember when like I listened to it. I want to say two, almost three times over the last week, just to get ready for it. 
And I remember like I listened to it once during the ones toxic hits. That's kind of like in the middle, but you have to wait a bit to get to toxic. But then when I listened to it the second time, I was like, after toxic, it's like, it yeah. kind of it doesn't hit as hard. Yeah. Cause like, I, mm. I'm not a, outrageous. I just, I don't like that song touch of my hand. I enjoy But then after that, it's the hookup, which is a reggae song, which is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shadow, which is just a really mediocre ballad. Oh Brave. yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. And then like, even, like every time is pretty mediocre. And then Brave New Girl. What did I have? That I that was kind of bubblegummy, very bouncy. I made mean, a lot of uh, like Gwen Stefani. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Very, I, very I, bouncy. I, yeah. Well it was good. I liked that song at the beginning. Like I was like, Oh, it's pretty good. It's well written, it's not like too immature, but when that Kelly Clarkson chorus hits, it's just like, all right, I don't know. I, I get it. Okay. I thought, the chorus, again. I thought the chorus was very bubblegummy. I thought it was yeah. very warm. But yeah, I, I, guess I, so, yeah. I don't mind that song, but yeah, it's definitely not as strong as the ones in the first half. Mm-hmm. I'd agree with that. Yeah, because going, going into this album, listening to it for the first time, like leading going into it, I was like, I've never listened to a Britney, full disclosure, I've never li- listened to a Britney Spears album from beginning to end. Um, oh my God. <laughs> Um, but I, I'm like, I always just imagine like you have like your five solid singles on it that are, you know what the singles are. And then there's like a bunch of filler tracks. And I didn't really feel that up until like, I, I want to say Shadow, Brave New Girl. That's kind of like, okay, these are the tracks where you're like, you're probably going to skip. Like, you're, like, even as a Britney Spears fan, you might not listen to it all the time. I can see it like being the filler tracks. And those were like the only two. I, I thought it would be worse, but maybe, I don't know. I didn't listen to like the earlier stuff to, to get that vibe. So. Yeah, no, I, I- that's when I first put it on too, because I'm like, even those first two tracks that I'm not like the biggest a fan of, at least they're sort of like peppy and like they're upbeat and stuff. So you mm-hmm. kind of get into it and you're like, okay, this kind of has a bit of like more of like a dance music feel. I, like you can tell she's kind of getting older away from the, the pop sound. But yeah, the second half definitely does sort of pump the brakes a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's interesting you mentioned like, like Shadow. Okay, of course, Shadow just like shows up on the album like, it was part of the algorithm, like a robot robot wrote it, like, okay, this is the formula, we need the ballad here. <laughs> like, that, yeah, obviously, it just, it feels spoon-fed or something, I don't know, it just feels terrible. But, the, but like... the, the next track I like, though, like, Brave New Girl at first, but I guess you were maybe so turned off from Shadow, you didn't tune back in for the next one, I don't know. <laughs> well, once every time came at the end, I didn't even realize that was, like, the last song, and when it played, I was like, oh, sweet, I get to, like, bring this up on YouTube and watch it on Spring Breakers. So I, yeah, I didn't even realize until the end that, that they snuck that track in there at the end, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't hate every time. Um, so that's why, I mean, even Spring Breakers, all that stuff aside, it's not like the worst song, but it's it's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I should say there's one thing in Shadow. One nice thing. One, like say... No, no Cave Tam... Well, maybe. I didn't notice it. <laughs> I probably would have noticed that. No, like the, the last chorus, they kind of go into weird chords at first and i was like what the heck oh okay this is weird and then they bring you the like the original chords or whatever and britney really takes off with a soaring voice that moment that was a little bit stepping outside the box because that progression was weird and Mm -hmm. maybe that's why it's near the end of the album you know it's too exploratory but whatever um so i oh sorry i guess um we kind of ask the other two questions so uh song you skip um did you say something for that right oh yeah oh sorry yeah you did answer yeah yeah okay i can add to the list (laughs) (laughs) um and then what did you say um we didn't ask favorite song so what's your favorite song ryan 
Oh, toxic. I can't help. It's just a, too big of an influence on yeah. me. I mean, yeah. It's it's yeah. like one of those songs that's written with like uh, where you think you've hit the chorus and you're like, oh man, that's a sick chorus. And then they give you another chorus. You're like, oh, that's a sick another chorus. Yeah, that that's a difficult song to write. So yeah. I appreciate that. That's like the first Britney Spears song I remember like actually playing on my own, not it just sort of coming on. It's like the first, not that I hated her early stuff, but I just wasn't a fan really because I wasn't, it wasn't in my world. But this was like the first song that I could say that I was a fan of. Yeah, for right. sure, for sure. Yeah, no, I, I like the the music video works well with the music, like that whole kind of James Bond spy feel. They play into it really well in the music video. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just like a, a, as a beat, it's like its own unique track, like seeing the sampling, how that behind the scenes, like you can see one of those like Daft Punk like videos where they get the sample from. Uh, so seeing how that's all put together just enhances the song. Like it just shows you how good of a beat For it sure. really is. It's not yeah. really a club beat though. Like it's not, you don't hear that a lot in the club these days anyway. It's more like, uh, this, a... if this song gets, if this is a song that when it does come on in the club, the club. Oh. It's yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't matter what the trick. Well, probably that's one reason it sticks out. It's like a little bit maybe faster than a lot of, but it's not a four on the floor kind of thing. Another great moment that has to be mentioned is that one moment where they like reverse the strings in the break. You know what I'm talking about? There's like one moment where that where we where that little string thing just reverses. It's like I don't know, second favorite moment in the song. Is it where she's going like to, through the laser room? Yeah. <laughs> you got to reference the music video for me. For <laughs> That's all you know. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, was she on the plane or going through the safe? I went the, the plane part. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, so you said Toxic as well, Anise, for your favorite track? Yeah, I pretty much, like, I, I put a couple yeah. down just because I figured we'd all put Toxic, but it's pretty much the ones we've been talking about. The only other one I have included, I, I guess I'll, because I'm, I'm guessing you would pick Toxic as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was going to say early morning, but I guess I could throw that under underrated as well, like the Moby track. Yeah, yeah. so yeah we, we, yeah, we should talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I didn't realize like when I listened to the album, like this this track seems a little bit weird or out of place, like on the album when like going through it, like it's not as, as poppy, but then you find out it's like Moby produced and then how it starts the strings and you're like, okay, yeah, this, I totally get like the production, like this is a Moby song with yeah. Spears on it for sure. Mm -hmm. One thing I really like about that production is the, the, the lead guitar like okay i didn't even know it was lead guitar until like the last note i'm like oh my god that's a string like that little beeping in the verse it's a yeah. freaking guitar anyway so it's just some it's moby just going like this beep <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> cool I'd like to see that session beep. yeah there was, a, there was a while there where moby was uh doing some interesting stuff yeah 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 i remember i mean we could do an essential album on him if you guys want but nobody listens to techno nope. so Go, <laughs> go where that was actually not to go off top, like not to go off topic, but wasn't it go where he licensed every single song on the album, and it's what led to it being such a success. Yeah, or oh, play, play. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Play. So yeah, he ended up. I think it's something like that where like every song got licensed to like car commercials, but then he took all the money and like put it towards like PETA and like to combat whatever he was selling with his album. So that's his logic behind it. I remember that. That was such a big album. And it's what made him, yeah, it's funny because, like, we're talking about one of the biggest artists at the time and she's working with him, but, like, how he was able to make that jump was by pretty much selling his music. Yeah. <laughs> selling out. <laughs> selling out. Selling out or cashing in. 
<laughs> we'll find out next week when we talk about Moby. No, I'm <laughs> no, I know, I know. I think he's stuck to his Moby roots in that tune. He didn't really sell out. Yeah. No. no, I agree. Um, so yeah, sorry. Did you answer for underrated, Ryan? Um, okay, I'm gonna say. Okay, I was gonna kind of save this, but. Uh, showdown. It's a good one. It's got. I think it's one of the more unique melodies written. I just noticed nobody's mentioned it so far. I don't think it's come up. No, I don't. I don't actually have any notes for it either. So it's, yeah, like... <laughs> it's, just, it's like my favorite. Well, it's my second favorite track. So so it'd be interesting. That's really interesting. I thought it was one of the more you know out of the box, more mature me melodies, you know, kind of goes through some interesting stuff, but uh, not so poppy, I guess. Uh, yeah, it kind of has like a Middle Eastern sounding beat a bit, I guess. That's a okay. The third yeah. track, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know, the hook in the chorus is pretty good. It's got, the production's a yeah. little in your face, but that's like for the whole album. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then for underrated, I had Breathe On Me, uh, which we've already talked about. Um, so yeah. And then Song We Skip, I think we all answered that. Um, so did you have any final thoughts or anything you want to add before we move on from the song questions? Anything that we might have missed? Uh, no, I think we've covered, we, think we talked about every song, no? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think we touched on everything. Yeah. Cool. Um, so yeah, I didn't this was my first time listening to a Britney Spears album so I didn't own this album I don't know what the artwork looks like other than the cover what's on Spotify mm -hmm. yeah. yeah um so yeah sorry I don't have anything to add to that um uh, so this can open it up to more general questions so I thought we changed it up this week do it a little more interesting I don't know what you guys are feeling about this but I didn't listen to like the discography this week I, I listened to a lot of the singles pretty much all the singles I went to that playlist spent a lot of time on that um, so I, I think her strength is basically in her, in her singles. Um, so how do you guys want to, do you guys want to rank like top five singles or top 10 singles or eight or how do you guys want to, do you want to do something like that instead? I can just, I don't know. I don't know how many I'll have, but I can just name some of my favorite Britney tracks, I guess. Yeah, that yeah works. Go, go, go for that. Go for that. I'll let, I'll let Gordon go first because he probably has uh, it all written out and ready to go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Right, so yeah, I put my, my top, I'll, I'll go my top five songs. Um, and I'll probably kick one of them down. Um, but basically, um, I, number five, I put Scream and Shout. So if you don't want me to include that because it's technically a Will I Am song, that's fine. But um, I put that one up there because it got a lot of play. It was a pretty good song. And uh, if I have to replace it, then I'd go with Circus. I, I like Circus a lot. I like the, uh, well, I like the the chorus or the breakdown when it's like the guitar riff. She doesn't really seem to have that many guitar riffs. So that's why I like Circus. Um, and then Slave for You, hearing the Neptunes again was pretty good this week. Uh, Toxic was my number three. Uh, number two, I put Work Bitch. Uh, that seems like a strip club staple. You're guaranteed to hear at least once a night when you go there. And then I like Till the World Ends. That's like probably my, my all, it's a guilty pleasure. It's the one song I'll throw on just to like, for energy, it's like, hey, you're drinking, you, you wanna, you need a high energy club song. Um, so I'll often throw that one on. So I actually ranked it higher than, than Toxic. I thought Toxic would be my number one, but hearing these songs again, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm set with my order. Um, so I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say. Well, I, I don't know what my actual order is, but I guess like Toxic is the song I, I listen to. And then it's pretty much stuff that sort of pop up on like um, 
any sort of like playlist, like dance playlist. I remember um, Womanizer and like Circus and um, what was I going to say? The one, I think it's from Blackout. You want a piece of me? That's what you oh, Give me more. Sorry, give me more. Give me more, yeah. There's like, I'm a slave for you. I guess that was, I, I guess I'll revise what I said earlier. I guess I'm a slave for you was probably the first Britney Spears song I actually liked. And I remember burning it on a CD. But mm-hmm. uh, but even those like early tracks, like Oops, I Did It Again and Baby One More Time, it's like so hard not to like them. It's because they're like classic pop songs now. And like Baby One More Time, it's just like, You've heard so many renditions of like artists do it now too. Like you'll get like a rock cover, like a acoustic guitar cover, like another pop cover and stuff too. So it's like, I don't know, it's just kind of a cool track to hear. Like whenever there's like a little cover of it, it's always cool to listen to or just even throw the original on and just get that dose of nostalgia. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think Give Me More was like the, that's where Britney Bitch came from, right? Like that's yeah. such an iconic phrase now. You hear it everywhere. Yeah, so, yeah, totally yeah. I mean, I think she's done it on a bunch of other songs since, but I think Gimme More was the first. Yeah. I could, I could be wrong, though. I don't know. You can correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> How about yeah. you, Ryan? Well, because I have to do a fraction of the amount of listening that you do, Gordon, I'm just going to... What I want to do is rank what I think is the top three best-written songs on this album. Most Go for be- Best-written, whatever, like the best-crafted songs. And it's interesting how I had this rank up ahead of time and how it kind of turned out in our conversation toxic was number one for me it's just like every note in that song seems to fit right in and number two for me was showdown but you guys didn't really you you seem to not even notice it so i i really have to re-examine how i evaluate these uh the, the craft of songwriting it's up to you man it's up to you no no this is not this, this is a big deal no, this no, is, i got I'm i gotta know what's that. the best <laughs> But that number three uh, was actually "Breathe on Me," so that was there's quite a bit of love for that song from you guys too. So maybe I'm not so off. Yeah, no, and like we said before, I think I think we all agree the first six tracks are stronger than the the second six tracks. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, as much as we didn't talk about Showdown, we didn't really shit on it either. Is it like even when I was like listening through it, it, it was more because um, nowadays there's like a bunch of different like female like kind of EDM acts or female pop acts that are just sort of they'll have these albums where they collaborate with a bunch of producers and stuff and it felt very much like that especially the first half of the album it's like wow this is like like there's just sounds like something that could come out like even though some of the stuff was a bit dated like some of the stuff like you can hear artists doing it now especially now where people sort of like to do throwbacks and they'll make an album to sound like it's from the early 2000s or make an album to sound like it's from the 90s yeah, I was kind of getting those vibes, especially the first half. But then, yeah, when you start getting into the ballads and stuff, it was like, okay, now we're back into this whole that whole pop generation where For sure, yeah, the ballads were always the big the big ones. Doesn't it feel kind of inconsistent that way? Like it feels like to me a bit of a patchwork. Yeah, like you can get it. It's, it's, it's the whole thing. Like, do you, do you prefer when when artist gets with one producer and makes a whole album, or do you like it when? do this thing where they just try to work with as many people get as many sounds as possible i guess you get two different outcomes mm-hmm. yeah, this album does feel like patchwork sometimes but it, it was not really a concept album by any means it's just sort of she's in the zone and she's doing her thing i guess yeah yeah i i guess just because like gordon this is the only britney spears album i've ever listened to i <laughs> i I wanted to get to know her but i felt like there was a crowd of producers a, a room of producers in the way 
I was like, get out of the way, guys. I just want to know who this artist is. But anyway. Yeah, it's always sort of weird when you hear, like when you're just reading, it's like, this song was offered to this artist and this artist. Like, oh yeah, you forget that these are like packages being sold. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just like the writing team, like something that we, I've, this is my first time seeing it on any of the albums we covered. And I guess like rightfully so because of the content, but like, this is the first time where I saw it's like, this song was written by like the matrix, which is like two writers and a producer. And it's like, Oh, there's like a crew of people that like just well, make songs like well, that. In, in defense, in defense, like this is like Drake and Kanye West. They have teams too. It's not just that's true. Yeah. 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 Like they're a whole, they're a whole machine as well. Yeah. Except for R Kelly. He's the only guy listening on that song. <laughs> Which is probably better. It's probably better. You Nobody else's work. career needs to be ruined. Um, so I guess, yeah, with that, <laughs> uh, with that, uh, I don't know how to answer this. I, I find, depending on the, the, the group, I don't know how to answer this next question. But what is, is this Britney's peak? What's Britney Spears' peak? How do you guys, uh, any, I guess, you want to kick that off? Uh, well, I guess you'd have to go when she first came out, because that's when she was sort of moving the most units. And it's hard to compete with, like, uh, that sort of teeny bopper success like it's it's unfathomable like just little kids screaming and just like the fandom all around it like she was selling like 12 million albums like they're over 10 million albums like those first two like it was just insanity yeah mm -hmm. and like, she was uh, the last of that generation remember we were talking about how yeah. the career spans mm -hmm. it yeah, I can't even like like and just being sort of like adjacent to it, seeing it from like my sister like change like the music she was listening to, how she dressed and like everything it was like, oh now there's like Britney Spears, someone who like represented her, I guess. So I don't know. I don't know if I, I'd say her peak would probably be like when she first came out. You can't sort of top that initial pop. Like she's been peaking now, she's pretty much like royalty, like what Ryan was saying, but mm -hmm. yeah. just for her. It's hard to compete with that whole like, like there's only other few other things like what you'd compare that early pop to like what the Spice Girls when they came out and like the mm. Beatles. And that it's, it's sort of that sort of fandom where it's like you see people screaming and fainting and yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I think those first two albums she sold like over 45 million worldwide and yeah. and like she sold they went double diamond before she was 20. Like I think she still has the record for that. So like that's yeah. just an insane amount of success. Yeah, it, so, yeah it, it almost can't happen today. You know, it almost is just a thing. No, like last, like last week we were talking about Drake, and that's like the equivalent now. Equivalent now, like when he was releasing his stuff, but it's it's all based on like streams and barely mm -hmm. sales, and like what equivalent, like what's fame now? Is it like your album sales, your album streams? Is, is it like your your clothing line, or is it your? <laughs> yeah, there's so much more to it now. Yeah, it's world a now. machine now. How many but, followers do you have? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. But I do remember, you know, oops, I did it again and hit me baby one more time. Those are the two that stick out in my mind as the iconic Britney Spears songs. And everything else after that was just like her attempt to maybe become her own, like be different, to <laughs> shake that, shake that. But it's it's that was so big that that is still the Britney Spears. When I think Britney Spears, my brain goes to that time period. I don't know about you guys, but that's yeah, just yeah. No, I agree. I agree with yeah with what both you guys are saying. I that is probably her peak. I wish this was her peak though, because this is when she's finally like maturing. She's like no longer. She doesn't have to do that teeny bopper stuff anymore. She can be a woman like she should be uh, making music. But yeah, the other stuff just overshadows like the success from that is just so overshadowing that it's it's hard. But 
Um, yeah, Toxic's really good. You have to assume too, once you start maturing and trying to take stuff into your own hands and having more like personal control, it's, it's going to be, you're going to start alienating some of your fans because now it's not this, every decision isn't made by, well, it seems like it wasn't after this, but yeah, every decision isn't made by like a large conglomeration or group, which I guess it is not what it was yeah. for her with the covering ship, but yeah. yeah. Totally, yeah. If, if, if Britney started writing or wanting to release songs that were like maybe more intimate or revealing of her real self, that may, you know, affect the bottom line of the company here and her dad might say no. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know that... how much she maybe didn't have that, what do they call it? A conservatorship or whatever? Yeah, conservatorship. Yeah, yeah. And they maybe didn't have that official kind of control over her back then. But if, come on, I, I, I don't think it was like she was a free being and then suddenly she was captured. I think it was just like the norm. And then as she no, got older and wanted yeah. to. There's a, but like, there's a difference between like, being forced to like have birth control and you have to get permission to do stuff you're performing when you have like the flu and dying and yeah so it, it's a little different I, i'm pretty sure back then her like dad was because her dad wasn't in the picture at all like at all like he yeah. wasn't even around until uh she had her whole like uh breakdown and everything and then he just sort of showed up yeah. and took control and became like her ruler her so it's not just her dad though like it, it's the, all these people that are working with her you just listen to her her complaint she complains yeah, about yeah. all of them she's not just like it's just my dad sure he's maybe like the figurehead of the orchestrator but she wants to if she wants to fire the people that work for her she should have the right to fire them <laughs> like yeah they, well, she's we're making all their here, money she should have the right to do whatever she wants she's yes. one of the most successful people in the world why is she having to answer to anyone like it's just so bizarre like yeah yeah. And again, like, if she was a man, this probably would have never happened. Like, how many male artists have had breakdowns, drug addiction, gone to rehab, like, yeah. so many issues. You've never heard of anything like this. Absolutely. And Britney Spears, what, she has, like, one moment where she's being followed around 24-7, being asked, like, the most insane questions. She's not treated like a person. So when she finally breaks down, you're going to, like, make her a slave? And, like, you're just going to force her to work like in insanity and she's not allowed to do this she can't see this person she can't leave the house blah 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 it's like my god like watching her watching her instagram is like insane it's like a cry for help it's just sort of yeah. very far and then you see the stuff coming out like this past week with, with her actually speaking it's like holy shit like i haven't heard her talk like this in years it's crazy it's like a whole different person mm -hmm. did you guys even hear have you ever heard about a conservatorship before this I hadn't. Well, it only really ever happens with like elderly people who can't make decisions or people with dementia. Like it's, I've heard of like power of attorney. Yeah. It's usually yeah. like even when they talk about it, it's usually people with like dementia or, or like all time Alzheimer's. It's usually that's the situation, not a perfectly healthy, like 40 year old woman. Like it doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. I think one of their reasonings was, oh, well, she's like bipolar so she's gonna be irresponsible with her finances so she has to go on tour and make us millions of dollars I like, know. It, it's like what the fuck <laughs> then maybe get her help and maybe she doesn't need to work right now like maybe 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 she could if she wanted to but maybe that's her fucking choice yeah like, nah. so anyway. let me let me ask let me ask this. You guys might be able to answer this. I, I wasn't, I'm not hundred percent sure. And I don't know if anybody's asked this or if anybody would, but 
do you think the conservatorship when it first started it helped like save her in a way like do you think it could have went the other way and she could have went the way of like amy winehouse or is it because somebody was able to step in like when you watch framing britney spears and you watch like 07 08 like those seem like extremely rough years and challenging years for her so i wonder if maybe this started as a good thing and then it is what it is now like it should uh, probably never happen but it might have i don't i don't I don't think any one person should have control over another person who is of sound mind. Like, uh, it, it doesn't make sense to me. There's not, like, the only things I agree with, yeah, if she has dementia or Alzheimer's or something like that. But to me, if she's healthy enough to do the things she's doing, like record albums, tour, like play shows, do these like intricate dance moves. And like, she's like an athlete pretty much. And she's, like I said, she's one of the most successful people in the world. And you're going to mm -hmm. make her have to answer to anyone? That's insane. Imagine anyone else. Like, name any other person who's at their success. Do they have to answer to anyone? No. Like, so why, what makes her different? And I don't care if she had a rough time and she had to go to rehab or she had to go to a, a hospital, psychiatric hospital or what happened. Like, I don't care what happened in the past. There, this should not still be the case, especially if she's out. She's clearly fine. Like, yeah. Well, here comes here comes the crux of the issue because it's a comp. What I mean, what she has is bipolar. At least that's what's out in the public. So that's a complicated issue because it, you go through periods of like manic phases where you're on top of the world, and she could probably like tour like crazy and probably do her most amazing work, and then you you can often go through these depressive phases, which are the exact opposite where she probably, you know, would go do drugs and do all the crazy shit that she did. But then there's this long intermediate period where, you know, she's just stable or it could, it could be long, it could be short, yeah, whatever. So you're saying like, so what are you saying that she should be on one? No, no. What, what I'm saying is what happened was when this stuff, probably start start happening she was she went through either a manic or a depressive period right and and that was like oh but everybody's like oh shit you know we gotta she can't her judgment is off and it was off it probably was off at that point and it, she but probably she's, she's she's like, like, Kevin Federline. but what i'm saying though is like you don't hear anyone saying that like kanye west should be put on one and he's bipolar he has more money than her more yeah. money than her definitely so, De and he's, and he's like running businesses, he's running labels, he's recording albums, recording oh, albums. Yeah, yeah. So like you can't sit here and tell me like it's purely like <laughs> purely like a sex thing. If if Britney Spears mm -hmm. was a male, this would have never happened. They saw that she had her breakdown in 2007 or whatever, found a way to get in there and get this conservatorship and they're mm -hmm. not letting it go. No, I agree with you completely. I'm not telling you that she should have a conservatorship. What I'm saying is how it went down is, and why people may think it's okay, is that there are periods of time where she doesn't, her judgment is probably whack. And so, but you can't, that doesn't mean you can jail someone up and then give them no opportunities and force them to tour till they're 40 or whatever. Like, that's yeah. insane. That's insane. Um, but, you know, should they have done nothing and just like, Oh, Brittany will learn. Well, if she actually was bipolar, then maybe she needed help, some sort of help. Well, but obviously, this isn't working. But well, she went and got help. She went like to the hospital or whatever, and she got released. Like it happens every yeah. day. To like, so I don't see why she would be any different. Oh, it's just that she's worth millions of dollars. Yeah. Yeah.
Yeah. Both. Yeah. No, I mean, Both. yeah, I was just asking just to play devil's advocate. Cause I mean, I mean, I'm just trying to see, was there any, any benefit to, to doing this? I mean, other than, I mean, well, it may have started that way. Get enrich themselves. Like her father can buy his boat or whatever. And, yeah. and but like, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I, I thought maybe there might've been a slight benefit at the beginning, but yeah, you're right. Like the whole idea just seems preposterous, like across the board. It could have, it probably started with good intent. Well, I would like to believe that it started with good intentions. Like, oh, Brittany's going crazy crap. We got to help her out. But, you know, when the incentives are, hey, if we keep her in this situation, we'll be able to keep the gravy train going, then. Yeah. Like, well, it just seems nuts that, like, she's the one, she's paying for everything. She's paying for everybody's lawyers all around. She's paying for the marketing strategy on how to handle the conservatorship. Like, it's like, what the, what the fuck? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, that's. Yeah, fire That's them. Enough. Fire yeah. them. Like, she didn't even know she had, like I saw in the quote, she didn't even know she had to petition the court to get out of the conservatorship. Yeah. And she said the same lawyer, the court-appointed a court appointed attorney for 13 years who's made over $3 million off of her, who's, yeah. like, like, negotiated 5% discounts here and there, trying to help her out. But, like, it's like, come on, man. Like, yeah. not once. They didn't come up over the 13 years that she might not want to do this. Like, you think, think of the incentive. The guy's just, well... It's a cash yeah, I mean, cow. Yeah, if I maintain this relationship, she's going to need me, and I'll yeah. It's, well, it's, I have to talk to her three you, times a week. I'm very close. Yeah, it's messed up. Have you seen that movie that's out called "I Care a Lot"? No. This is pretty much what the basis of the movie is. She finds rich old people, says they're like not of sound mind, becomes a conservator, and just they're just money making machines. Is that that Rosamund Pike movie? Yeah. Yeah, Katie was telling about that. She said, watch it. After watching the Britney, re-watching Framing Britney Spears, she's like, yeah, you got to watch that other movie. Yeah, it's literally what the movie's about, and it's what's happening to her, but she's, like, making hundreds of million dollars for, like, her the business, I guess, <laughs> that she's not yeah. even running, but she's the most important part of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's just crazy. Yeah, it's so terrible. Uh, and I think the most, one of the most saddening things about it is that, like, she says, I don't know how long she's wanted to have a baby. But she's basically been, I don't know how denied she was directly, but I'm sure the environment was set such that it wasn't encouraged and she was like discouraged. No, she, like she forced. has a forced, yeah, she has the forced like birth control, no? Yeah, that, I didn't know how forced it was or if it like it started off, you know, like she was okay with it or whatever. I don't know. But like, yeah, there's a time limit on that. Like she, if she's going to do it, she's got to do it. So it's just terrible that you're taking that opportunity away from her. Anyway, pisses me off. I, the one other thing I wanted to ask too, I didn't really, I didn't look into this part of it too much because everything kind of unfolded at the end of last week, but would you know what the next steps are for the conservatorship? Like since she's kind of said she doesn't want to do it, it's kind of clear that, well, it seems very clear now that she does want to do it. So how does she get out of it? Cause based on the framing Britney Spears documentary, like nobody's ever gotten out of one of these before. So Oh, what are the next steps? Think, oh, I think she'll get the, out. She'll get out. Yeah, with the whole with it being public, I'm, I'd be very shocked if she's like I don't know how long it'll take and what steps she'll have to take. I'm not a lawyer, but mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure, especially being like in the court of public opinion right now too, where it's pretty clear that the public is like this isn't how we should control people or allow people to be controlled. So yeah, it's yeah, gonna change. Yeah, their argument is like, well, she's going to blow all of her money. She's crazy. She's going to blow all of her. Well, you know, or, or if you're the if you're the judge, you just be like, okay, fine. Let's make, a, let's set aside $1 million as a safety net. So if shit goes wrong, if you blow all your money on whatever, jets or something, 
But you still, then, she could blow her money out. She, she blows her money. Like, even if she did blow her money, she doesn't think she would. releases a song or an album. She's back. She's making money, like, every second of every day. Like, you know what that's, I mean? Like, I know. I'm just saying that there's other ways. Like, even if that was your argument, there are other ways than jailing someone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess with that, we talked about, uh, well, we talked about, like, her place. It's it's weird how, like, her, her career's kind of taken, like, a back door, but now this whole framing Britney Spears thing is like a whole other avenue, another lens to look at Britney Spears through. And I think it's a more honest one. I think it's uh, the audience or the viewers are more um, sensitive this time around. So hopefully things are better. Um, so it'll be like, what do you guys think of like when you think Britney Spears, what do you think her place in history is like kind of overall? What do you what do you think she lands? I think she's like the queen. Like, I think she's just the queen of pop. I think she pretty much influenced every other pop artist that's come out after her pretty much every, like every single one, like anyone you can think of, like the, the indie pop artists, the the uh, the bubblegum pop artists, like the mainstream one, every single one of them. They, mm-hmm. they all list Britney Spears as an influence. Like she's, her mark is way too wide. It's pretty much like a bunch of Britney, you can almost say they're Britney Spears copies now, that like there's just so many of them. Like it started with Christina Aguilera, but it's still going on today. <laughs> they're still trying to find the next Britney Spears. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She was a huge star, and I don't remember anybody else like that comparatively in our in our youth. Like yeah. she, she was. You're right. Everybody else just seemed like a an, a copycat afterthought. Yeah, because like it Sorry, seemed like Madonna. Madonna was like the '80s version of that. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. but it seems like at this point, Britney Spears has surpassed. At least in my eyes, it seems like Madonna's sort of taken a back seat. I don't know. I could be wrong. I should ask. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I should have asked my my female cousins. (laughs) Well, I think the other thing that's interesting is I think her success, her popularity, I think a lot of that has to do with just the power of like millennials, because like when we were growing up, when we first saw her, that was kind of like when we were all young. Um, it was very influential on us, especially on women. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking not necessarily for myself, but for like across the board, uh, yeah. the, the reach and the impact that she had. So I think even now, like you, you see, like now we're in our mid thirties as millennials, but like whenever Britain like talks to complain at the club and it'll light up everything. Like she's her Vegas show was one of the most successful shows or is the most successful show in Vegas of all time. So people, now that we're, we have money to spend, we're spending the money. We'll still show our respect for Britney Spears. Like our generation will specifically. And it seemed like yeah. she grew up with us. Like she was sort of doing all the life things the same time. Like she was getting married the same time people I knew yeah. were kids, the same time people I knew were like, it was just all. Well, we yeah. like, about, like four years, three and a half years older than us. Like she's yeah. not much older. Yeah, she's in 81, so, like, we were along the ride, pretty much. Yeah, from the... Yeah. I, I still remember, like, Oops, I Did It Again coming out and being in, like, junior high at Laurentian. Yeah. Like, I yeah. remember that. So do I. Moment in time. So big deal. Annoying. <laughs> um, so, did you guys have any final thoughts before uh, we ask the question? Well, I, I, I just want to say about her moment in history, like... Um, uh, obviously everything he said was totally correct. Like she's a huge, she, I mean, the album sales alone, there's your impact, but, um, all, but I want to see like the story isn't written for Brittany yet. Like we don't know what she was going to happen next. Cause she's still active, still doing stuff. And I'm trying to compare another artist, like maybe Madonna, I like, 
what is she just gonna end up in Las Vegas doing Las Vegas shows, or is she gonna ditch her her you know shackles and go like do her own album that's completely different? I don't know. I don't know. I, I wonder if that will happen because I, I I what came to mind for me like what I, what I could see happening with her next. I guess it's a little. What I'm thinking in my head is like when Madonna, to make another Madonna comparison is when Madonna released Ray of Light. And Ray of Light was like a huge deal. She was working with all like the new hot producers and stuff, and she became like relevant again. Whereas I'm not saying Britney Spears isn't relevant, but it's it it seems like she's just not in the mainstream as much as like the newer, younger artists are now. I just wonder if yeah. she'll have a Ray of Light moment where she'll release some album that's in her later part of her career that'll just be huge. It seems like, especially yeah. if she. Like when she gets out of this conservatorship and she has more control over her career, I feel like she will do something like that. It seems almost inevitable that like she wouldn't want to say something, you know, like after she wins that battle, like she gets her freedom, she's not going to sing about it. Uh, she's a singer. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's when the next big Britney moment will probably be when that conservatorship is done will be one yeah. and then to see what she does after that. Yeah, so long as that album is good, she's got like, she's got everything set up for like you know uh, a Hollywood ending to the movie if she releases like an amazing album or something. So, but you still need the goods. You still need the songs. So. Yeah, no, I'm interested to see what uh, yeah what she does post conservatorship. Hopefully, it doesn't drag on court and it's not like another five years that they got to spend on it or something like that. But um, yeah, and hopefully she does have a ray of light moment. That would be really cool to see too. Um, so I guess, yeah, we can kick this off by asking, uh, is this album essential? Uh, who wants to go first or do you guys want me to go first? Uh, go go. All right. So, um, I will say, uh, reluctantly, no, uh, it's not. Um, but I do have caveats. Um, I think it's mostly because I never really, I tried my best not to pay attention to her when I was growing up. I think it's mostly because I'm not her demographic necessarily. Um, just kind of being like a, like a, just a straight white guy. Um, but, um, I, I do enjoy the singles revisiting it this week. I, I did enjoy like hearing the, the newer singles of the stuff that's come out within the last, I would say 15 years. Um, so I, I probably will revisit that again. Um, and it's funny cause I, I, as much as I don't want to pay attention to Britney Spears, it's like, it's there. And I know so much about Britney Spears without even doing like that much research on it. Um, and I'm always kind of interested. So like, like I said, just before, um, I'm, I'm interested to see what she does next or what her next few singles will be after this conservatorship. Uh, cause I'm sure everybody will want to work with her. Like Pharrell, I don't know if she works with Timberland, but like all those people will want to like jump at the bit and, and produce a track for her. So maybe hopefully she can do something like the black album and she does like 12 tracks all by different producers and does something interesting. So either way, I'm still going to pay attention to it. And she's always going to be a fixture in my life, whether I like it or not. So I'll just enjoy the ride. But yeah, I, I probably won't revisit some, so that's why I'm gonna say no, it's it's not essential for me. Yeah, I'd probably jug like the piggyback off of you. I'd probably say the same. It's it's probably if it came to essential, probably those first two albums, especially the first one, just the, like the impact of everything. At this point, it's like kind of like what we're talking about with Drake, how pretty much they're just sort of important and everything they release is sort of just especially the singles are just a huge part of everything. So the best way to consume her music is probably just to throw on like what you were doing this week, like to throw on her singles. If you're a big fan, which she has a lot of, mm -hmm. I'm sure dive in really deep mm -hmm. and all the the deep cuts and stuff. But if you're just sort of like a casual listener, if you're if you're just like a pop music fan, you just you can throw on her her uh, this is Britney Spears on Spotify or just even her music videos or singles. 
and her music will like like for me like listening in the future will probably be just sort of how it is now when she has a new song out i might throw it on like a like a workout playlist like i know the the one i think it's called like power pump or something on spotify that I, i'll throw that playlist on and that always usually has a couple of britney spears songs on it so my relationship is probably going to remain the same there's a few songs i like i'll throw them on like toxic but but yeah, I'll still follow with the new stuff, and I'm interested to hear what comes next because I'm sure what comes next might even be better than what we already have. Yeah, here's hoping. But yeah, it gets um, it gets an, another no from me. Unfortunately, it might be a first zero out of zero. No, no, it happened zero to three, zero to three. Oh, did it? Oh, okay. Over. Damn. Damn it. Um, yeah, it's it's. We did this I, with Drake too. We hate all the big artists. <laughs> <laughs> no, I well, I guess for both for similar reasons in a lot of the way, but it, for, yeah. for I think more so they're for albums. Them, they're not albums artists. Yeah, they're not albums artists, and and I think more so for Britney Spears because. It, it almost feels like if somebody didn't know who Britney Spears, I don't know who the hell would that be. But it, if you're going to introduce them to Britney Spears, this album kind of feels like you're dropping the needle in the middle of a record. That's weird. Yeah. Using an album to analogize a discography. Especially with like an artist like her, you want to start at the beginning and be like, okay, like you have to give the backstory. She was like 16 yeah. or whatever the yeah. song came out and. Like we all know the backstory and we're all talking like we know the backstory. So we just assume mm -hmm. that everybody does. Exactly. Yeah. And even listening to this album, it's like it really helps that you know who she is, the character. Like like Britney Spears, like, okay, this is her coming out with something new and a little bit after, you know, the Justin Timberlake thing, blah blah blah, all that stuff. Yeah. Then her little attitude moments where she she throws in a sentence here, there or a whisper, it makes more sense. Because you get it. You're like, oh, that's Britney character, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And I, I like that we've, um, just kind of a, as a straight observation, I like that we uh, that we have the, the framing Britney Spears and all that reporting is essential. Well, it's all been validated. Everybody knows it's true now. Um, so it's, it's interesting to see it under that lens, too. It's not just like, oh, this poor, like, lucky pop star. Like, oh, man, look at she's all sad. Really? But now we got, like, a fully different context. It's in, it's in a it's in 2021 where um like how how celebrity was treated in the past is viewed completely differently now um so i think britney spears will be in a better place which i mean she had to go through a world of shit to get there but i think she'll be in a better place once she can finally get past uh, this chapter in her life with the conservatorship it seemed like for the longest time we're just getting sort of like the media narrative of britney spears like we're just sort of being told what was going on yeah. we have no idea but then yeah, one, Princess Diana. <laughs> the biggest thing happened because you you saw the free Britney Spears stuff before, but it was more like her fan base. Like she has a really hardcore loyal fan base, so they were yeah. the ones sort of expressing it. And it, I don't, I think it was when like she became more on Instagram and she was posting and people were seeing her posts and they're like, something isn't right here. Like she's one way on stage, she's like acting all kind of twitchy and weird in her in her videos. Like what the hell's going on here? But then mm. she'll be like talking all weird but then doing this like elaborative dance in the video it's like okay she's just practicing her stage show like what's going on here like i have no idea mm -hmm. and when you start getting the backstory you're like okay she's like literally you're watching like a jailed prisoner who's allowed to post on instagram like she's posting on, <laughs> like it's just yeah dark. posting a lie to make people like to re to comfort other people like yeah. reassure other people that she's okay and there's yeah. all that stuff where people were like if you're not safe wear yellow and then to wear a yellow shirt it's like, oh my God, she's running. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 a really difficult issue because 
like she, there could be times where she feels like she's a prisoner, but there may be also times where she feels like very scared and happy to have people taking care of her. Like yeah. I, I, the the one worry I have is like if she couldn't go figure out that she had to petition to get out of this jail, like how is she gonna run an an She's not going to be a Kanye West running a media empire. That's what I'm it's saying. Like what, it's like what Gordon said, though. Like, her lawyer of 13 years who made $3 million off of her never yeah. told her. Yeah. So, so but then she her just, Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Well, yeah, hopefully, I'm glad last week happened so we can maybe hopefully end this with some optimism on a on a maybe yeah. a positive note that there is light at the end of the tunnel. We know that she doesn't yeah. want to be part of this and hopefully it's not five years. It's just a few months and she'll be out of it, but I don't know how That's this true. works. But. And the most exciting yeah. thing is, I think that like, if she does get out of it, let's all hope, um, it'll be a brand new thing for Brittany that she's never been in. Like even when she wasn't in the conservatorship, she was a younger and un under control. So yeah. she'll be now established. She ha she can take any risks she wants with her music. So damn, that's like amazing. Who knows what it'll I wonder if it's an, I wonder if it's an opportunity to get people like me, for example, who weren't necessarily on board with Britney Spears. But now that it's like, okay, now that I've seen the stuff you've gone through, if you come out with maybe not necessarily like a full on pop album, but something that's a little more mature, something that appeals to like some like our age, you're keeping up with like your 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 fan base. Maybe then it'll be she'll bring on new fans. Like I don't think she's yeah. gonna sell, go diamond with the, a neck, her next album, but at the same time she could find a new fan base her, her or add to her existing one. That's, I guess. that's what I mean by like a ray of light moment. Because I remember, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Because I remember when Ray of Light from Madonna came out, like I was like, whoa, this like not that I didn't like Madonna, but it was like, whoa, this is like actually like good, like it's actually modern. You know what I mean? Like it isn't sort of just doing her Madonna thing. She's actually taking influence with popular music. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully it's like Frozen or Ray of Light like, next video. That we which see. is what she, what she was trying to do here. Like from the sounds of it, she was trying to just see what was big and popular in the clubs and trying to build an album around that sound. So yeah. I'm sure she'll and even if, now. Yeah, and even if she's so jaded and she doesn't want to do music again, she just wants to like fuck off and nobody bother her. I'm totally down with that yeah. too. Go go live your life. Yeah, like, she paid her dues. That's fine. She got gave like, us all those. I won't songs. be upset if it's like, oh, hey, I, I posted free Britney Spears. How come you're not honoring that with an album? Like, no, <laughs> go live your life. If I never hear from you again and you're happy, that makes me happier. Unbelievable! It took me three seconds to write that hashtag. I demand. <laughs> nice. Um, so I guess yeah, with that we could wrap it up. Um, so yeah, thanks for for joining us. Uh, or sorry if you're watching us uh, thanks for watching on on youtube uh if you're listening uh you know where to find us uh through anchor or spotify or wherever you find your podcast um i'm not sure who we're doing oh yeah we're switching it up so we do have uh, a special treat coming up uh for our next episode so i'm looking forward to that uh, surprise was that it'll be in the next day or two yeah yeah it'll be sooner than yeah we won't wait till friday we'll get it out of the way um so we're looking forward to that um so yeah I, I i guess until then uh original music by ryan dugall and artwork by vincent tran i'll see you guys next time goodbye